Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, going to the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9. We'll read verses 6 and 7. Very familiar in the telling of the Christmas story. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, and to establish it with judgment and with justice, from henceforth even forever." The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Last week we began our new series titled Unto Us, and we continue on with lesson two in that this morning. I wonder if we could pray right now. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for your spirit that is here, Lord, for every person that has come, God, to exalt you and to lift you up this morning. We know, Lord Jesus, that you also have a plan and an intention for them this morning. You long to minister, God. You long to get close, God. You long to encourage, Lord. I, I pray now, Jesus, that this word, God, that was anointed, God, in the beginning of time, Lord, God, that would find a lodging place in our hearts, God, in our minds and in our spirits right now, God. I pray you touch your servant and touch your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. Unto us. In lesson one, we talked about the effects of this birth announcement from the prophet Isaiah. The fact that the effects of this announcement would be ever-reaching. They would be earth-changing and they would be eternity-altering. No person on the face of the earth would be left unaffected by this birth. No person in any subsequent generation would be left unaffected. This child, Jesus, that would be born, the one that came unto us, come for our benefit, for the benefit of all of mankind. Every man, woman, boy, and girl would be affected by what the prophet Isaiah said would come, this child, this son that was given. Today, more than 2,000 years later, You and I are direct beneficiaries of the birth of the child that was born. We still benefit from the son that was given, this Messiah, Jesus. He's still working in our world today. In this series, we're looking at the names of the one that will be born into the world. And last week, we looked at Wonderful Counselor. These names, of course, would be not be literal names. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. But they would be names that would represent character of the one who would come. In a world that lacks in conscience, in a world that lacks in conduct, in a world that lacks in character, in even a a compass in the moral sense, we need a wonderful counselor. We need someone to direct us in the right way. We need someone to speak into our life that speaks truth and speaks assurance and certainty. Well, I have good news for you today. The doctor is in. He's available 24-7, 365 days a year. He's available for you. The next name that Isaiah declares this baby was to be born is to be the mighty God. Everybody say the mighty God. The Hebrew term for mighty God is El Gabor, uh, E-L, and then the the second half of that is G-I-B-B-O-R. Strong's gives us the meaning of one that is a champion, 
one that is a warrior, one that is valiant, and one that is a hero. A champion is one who is left over, left standing when the conflict has done. A champion is one who stands when all others have fallen. A champion is someone who is there when all others have failed. A hero is one who gains the respect of people simply because of his exploits. If we're honest this morning, we live in a world that is enamored with hero worship. In fact, they're the subject of many comic books and movies and TV shows and toys are on the shelf. They line the shelves for, on display for our kids, talking about heroes. Marvel Company alone is valued by Forbes at more than $53 billion. There are many, many heroes that we could look at this morning. In fact, when I begin to look them up, there's page after page of these superheroes. So this morning, we're just going to take a look at a couple of the, uh, a few of the classics in Superman and Batman and Spider-Man and Wonder Woman. These are superheroes of my generation. In other words, they're old superheroes. But each of these superheroes, they have certain superpowers. Wonder Woman, for instance, she has superhuman strength and superhuman speed. Batman can fight like nobody else can fight, and he can absorb and he can project energy onto those that he's fighting. Superman has the ability to fly and invulnerability except for kryptonite, which is able to make him vulnerable. Spider-Man has agility, and of course, that spidey sense that begins to tingle when danger is near. Each of them have a few special powers. But our hero of heaven that we just talked about, the one who conquered the grave that we just sang about, he's not the same. He doesn't have just one or two powers, but this one that we're talking about this morning, this mighty God, he has all power. The one that Isaiah prophesied would be born, he has all power. Somebody say, he's got it all. You see, when Isaiah prophesied that this one would be born, there were many that didn't understand how this would happen. They, they couldn't believe that this would take place. Many didn't trust the word of Isaiah that this baby would change the world, that this small baby that was to come would in fact be the savior of the entire world, the one who would one day rescue them and rescue their family. In Isaiah 9 and 6, this child born, this son given was described as the mighty God. The Gospel of Matthew, as the coming of this baby draws near, his mission was made clear as an angel speaks to Joseph. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, it says, And she, being Mary, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. You see, we need to understand this morning that only a mighty God could save his people from their sin. You flip over a few chapters in this same gospel of Matthew in chapter 9, verse 6, it says, but, you, you may, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sin. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go into thy house. Only the Son of Man could take care of sin. Only Jesus could accomplish this seemingly impossible task of forgiving sinful humanity. You see, if this mighty God does come, if this mighty God does not come, I'm still lost in sin. 
If he doesn't show up this morning, you're still lost in sin. I'm grateful that Jesus never lost touch with his mission. He never forgets why he came. I'm so thankful for that this morning. These are the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. He says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Once again, reiterating the mission of why he came. He came to rescue those who were bound in sin. He was born to die. He was born to live again. In doing so, he became humanity's all-conquering hero. This description of the mighty God, it certainly fits Jesus well. It is this mighty God that I declare unto you this morning. I want you to know that Jesus is in the house. I also declare him as to be not one of many gods, but I could stand in front of you declaring him as the only God. He is the only God this morning. Now make no mistake, the world would represent many gods. They would like to give to you many ways. They would like to present to you many truths. But in my Bible, it tells me a different story and I choose to trust the word of God. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I, me alone, nobody else, I can... Another version of that, Jesus answered and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The one true way to have life. It was truth then when Jesus said it. And it's truth today when I declare it. He is still only one. His name is still Jesus. His mission is still the same. Come on, let's settle it this morning. He's not one of many. He's not Jehovah Junior. He's not somebody stuck up. There is one God. He is all powerful. His name is Jesus, and he came for you. That ought to excite every child of God that is in the house this morning, that he knows you, he knows where you're at, and he came for you. We're not here this morning for a debate. Don't meet me at the back door when I'm leaving this morning and say, Pastor, I don't believe what you're preaching. Well, you can believe it or you can lump it. I'm telling you it's in the Bible, and if it's in the Bible, it's settled, and it's true. There is one God, and his name is Jesus. Three times in chapter 45 of Isaiah, he speaks of the oneness of God. In verse 5, verse 6, and verse 21. In verse 5, he says, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee. Thou Hast thou not known me? That doesn't leave a lot of doubt. Pastor doesn't even have to go to another version to clear that one up for us. You skip down to verse 6 and he says that that may know that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. Well, King James again puts it pretty clear for us. 
Hey, Pastor, I really think I'd need another scripture or two. Well, let's skip down to verse 21 of the same chapter. Tell you, and bring them near. Yea, let them come and take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have I not the Lord that there is no God else beside me? I just God and a Savior, and there is none beside me. Oh, I'm feeling good about who I serve this morning. James chapter 2 and verse 19, uh, the writer, the apostle writes, he says, Thou believest that there is one God? You're on good, solid theological ground here. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. You know why they tremble? Because of the one God. Because they're keenly aware of who that one God is. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. This one God, He is the wonderful counselor. This one God, He is the mighty God. This one God, He is the everlasting Father. This one God, He is the Prince of Peace. I'm glad to know that just one name covers it all this morning. Jesus is that name. I don't have to just kind of, I don't have to memorize the name of all these Greek or Hindu gods. I simply cry out to Jesus and all of heaven picks up and all of heaven comes to attention. All of God goes into action. All of God comes to my aid because I simply say, Jesus, when you call God, when you call Jesus, make no mistake, you are calling the mighty God. Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10 says, For in him, who is it referring to? In Jesus dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. He's not just one God, but he has all power to himself. Luke chapter 1 and verse 37 says, For with God... Nothing shall be impossible. Matthew 28 and verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. You know him today. His word is true. He cannot lie. So if all power in heaven and earth has been given to him, that ought to make you shout for joy this morning because he is your God. Your God who is one. Your God who is Jesus. Your God who is the mighty God. He can do anything. In fact, where we lack, our mighty God steps onto the scene and makes up the gap. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 27. And Jesus looking upon them saying with men, it is impossible. Some of you have said that this past week, but I'm glad he didn't stop there. But with God, not with God, for with God all things are possible. We have some great words that would describe this mighty God in our English language. God is omniscient, which means he is all-knowing. God is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere present and nowhere absent. God is omnipotent, which means he is all-powerful. So let's go ahead and talk about the powers of this mighty God this morning. This 
I'm not talking about a superhero this morning with a few powers. I'm talking about the mighty God who has all power. Jesus knows what is being thought. Did you know that? Matthew chapter 12 and verse 25. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. They're off in the corner. They're debating and thinking among themselves, and Jesus afar off. He knows what they're thinking. Luke chapter 6 and verse 8. And when he knew their thoughts, he said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. You begin to think about this. What an advantage in war. To know what the enemy is thinking. That lets us know that our God always will always be not just one but multiple steps ahead of the enemy. That means also that he knows what you're thinking today. He knows you. He cares about what you're thinking about right now. He cares about what has kind of held your thoughts captive over the past week or so. He knows and he cares. And he's going to minister in those areas of your life. Isaiah 46 and verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times of things that are not yet done. Saying my counsel shall stand. And I will do all my pleasure. Our great God, our mighty God, he never stresses. He never worries. He never gets anxious about anything because he knows the end before we ever arrive there. He knows how things are going to turn out. In fact, he, he begins to set things up. He begins to tear things down along the way. Why? Because the steps of a good man, they're ordered of the Lord. And this foreknowledge that he has, it allows him to work in our life in a positive manner. Our God has the power to do whatever he pleases. Many people have ideas about what should happen or what they want to happen, but they have no power to make it happen. But our God will do whatever he wants, whenever he wants to, however he wants to do it. You see, whatever you're going through, I want you to know this morning that God's got this. God knew about it before you ever arrived. God knew about it before you ever bowed in prayer to tell him about it. God knew about it before your ever family began to infight about it. God knew about it. Come on, anything that's happening in your life is not taking God by surprise. But if we could be patient with our God, if we could just wait on God, God already knows the end from the very beginning. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 6 says, Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O God, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. Just the right hand. Whew. I'm sorry if you just give pastor just one hand to kind of fight with. I'm going to have a problem. But it's with one right 
hand of God that he dashes the enemy of your life and puts him out of his misery. Can I tell you this morning that he has all power? Let's, you say, well, that's the Old Testament. Good. Let's go over to the New Testament and see what it has to say about it. Luke chapter 11, verse 20. This is Jesus. This is that mighty God, the one that Isaiah prophesied would be born speaking about it. He said, but if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. Can I tell you this? If did not suggest the slightest doubt in what he was going to do. The theologian Pate, he suggests in his commentary, he says the idea is more since than if. We could really read it this way. Since by the finger of God I cast out demons, the kingdom of God has come upon you. He doesn't even need his right hand. Just the finger of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 31. What then shall we say to all of this? If God be for us. Who in the world can be against us? Who can be our foe if God is on our side? Who can fight against us if God is fighting for us? I want you to know this morning that you're on the winning side. There is no buddy, no thing, no scheme, no spirit that can defeat our God. Nothing stands a fighting chance against the mighty God who is fighting for us. Our God has created all things. Our God rules all things and he'll continue to rule over all things. Colossians 1 and 16 it says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. You see, when somebody possesses that kind of power, word will get out. Pretty soon a crowd is going to be drawn together. You can't keep that sort of power secret. Luke chapter 5 and verse 15, it says, But so much more uh, there went the, went the fame abroad of him. In other words, Jesus was getting famous. And great multitudes came together to hear, but it didn't just stop there, and to be healed by him of their infirmities. You skip down two verses from that in verse 17 of Luke chapter 5. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by. You can be sure he's reading their thoughts. Which were come out of every town in Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I like that. The power of the Lord was present. Now, here in the Scripture, it says to heal them. But I think it would be theologically okay for us to add a few things here this morning. The Spirit of the Lord was present to heal them, to deliver them, to help them, to save them, to encourage them, to, to, to free them. Whatever thing you want to put in there this morning, the power of God is present to do it in your life. When the power of the mighty God is present, there is no telling what will take place. Anything can happen when the power of God is present. 
Zechariah 4 in verse 6, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. The spirit of God, the power of God is working in this room this morning. The power of God is present for you. So it leaves a question if he's got all power. What do you need from him this morning? The mighty God, he doesn't just keep the power to himself, but he goes ahead and he gives it to his people. Gives it to his church. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 tells us, but you shall receive power. Dunamis, this power of the Spirit after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the, Lord, uh, of, the, of the earth. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 19. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And how? And in the power of his might. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 says, for God hath not given us the spirit of, uh, of fear. What has he given us? He's given us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Luke chapter 10, there are 70 ministers that have been sent out to minister. It says in Luke chapter 10 and verse 17, the 70 returned again with joy, saying, even the devils are subject to us, how? Through thy name. Verse 19 of the same chapter, Behold, Jesus said, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He has given you and I the power and the spiritual weapons with which to fight things and spirits and oppositions that come against our life. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Paul writes to the church in Rome in chapter 8, verses 37 through 39. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. He has all power. Nothing is able to separate you this morning. Our mighty God, I want you to know, now this might offend some people because some people get offended by confidence. But your God, he doesn't have a confidence problem. Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 27, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh, is there anything too hard for me? Now, if I get up here and said that, that would be a problem. But I didn't say it. The one with all power, all authority, all dominion, the one who is full of confidence. He's the one that said it. There is nothing that is too hard for God. So can I pause right here and say what you've been thinking about this past week, what has been concerning your thoughts over the past month or so, it is not too hard for God. Don't write it off. Don't step aside somewhere and say, you know what, I'm just going to leave... 
If you will allow God, God wants to take care of it for you this morning. We walk by faith, not by sight. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 15 and 16, the point is driven home again, which in his, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, he can never die, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and glory everlasting, amen. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, this awesome potentate, that is our God this morning. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 10, for it became him for whom all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make him, listen to this, captain of their salvation. This scripture is speaking of Jesus. The contemporary Jewish Bible puts it this way. He is the initiator of their deliverance. The English standard said he's the founder of of their salvation. The expanded says he's the source of their salvation. The, the Geneva Bible says he's the prince of their salvation. Another version says he's the originator of their salvation. The Mount's version says he's the champion of their salvation. Or the al Gebar, the mighty God. That is Jesus. Only Jesus has the power to initiate our salvation. Salvation could have never happened without this mighty God being born in a manger. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. For our benefit this mighty God came. Revelation eleven seventeen, saying, We give thanks, O God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. In common everyday English, you were, you are, and you always will be. That's who God is. His power doesn't wane as time goes on. His power always remains the same. How can that be? How can that happen? Because all power belongs to him. Luke chapter 1 and verse 49. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things. Can anybody say that this morning? And holy is his name. Musicians, you can come and help me this morning. The prophet Zephaniah, he writes about the restoration of the people of God. In Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 17, you'll find this verse. It says, The Lord thy God is in the midst of the Lord thy God in the midst of thee, he is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Another version says, The Lord your God is with you. How many is grateful for that this morning? He is a hero who saves you. He happily rejoices over you, renews you with his love, and celebrates you with shouts of joy. This mighty God that Isaiah prophesied would be born, he has come. And he's in the midst of us right now. The mighty God, I believe, wants to minister to every person that's in this house this morning. Let's stand together.
I want you to know as our earlier scripture read, the power of God is present for whatever you need from him today. Today you don't need a superhero. Right now, you need a savior. You see, God doesn't need a phone booth to change into his costume like Superman. Our mighty God, he wears power. Psalm 93 in verse 1 says, The Lord rules. He's dressed with great power. The Lord has dressed himself with strength. For sure, the world is built to last. It will not be moved. The voice says it this way, The eternal one reigns. Clothed in majesty, he is dressed in power. He has surrounded himself with strength. He has established the world, and it will never be toppled. Have you looked at the news, Pastor? There's war all over the world. There's agendas going forward that we never dreamed would go forward. There's things happening right now we never thought would happen in our day. I want you to know the world that we're living in, it'll never be toppled until God says it's time. God doesn't need a superpower. He has all power. As humanity, we can't hope to begin to understand the power of God. Why is that? Because of our own personal issues, our own personal strengths and weaknesses, our limits, the way we get tired. God doesn't get tired. He doesn't lose strength. He doesn't lose track of you. He knows right where you are. This morning, I want to reaffirm this truth for you. You are in good hands today. All power in heaven and earth belongs to God. If you're having trouble right now, if you find yourself in a tight spot and need the rescuing of a Savior, if you're thinking your situation is impossible and it can't be overcome, I have good news for you this morning. The mighty God, the one who has all power, He is here to help you, to heal you, to save you, and to rescue you. Romans chapter 4 and verse 21, it says, And being fully persuaded that what he has promised, he is also able to perform. Your God has the power to work a miracle in your life this morning. They're going to begin to sing in just a moment, but if you'd allow me just to read one more scripture this morning. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. It says, Now unto him, the mighty one, the wonderful Counselor, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. This one with all power, He bends toward earth today. He calls your name out this morning. He's speaking to your personal situation right now. And I'm calling for the saints of God to fill this altar this morning. 
Come on, let's not make it difficult for anybody to come. There have been people that have been fighting in their mind all week whether God had something for them or he could do something in their life. God can do something in your life this morning. God wants to do something in your life this morning. This hero of heaven, he holds all power. This hero of heaven, he knows your name. Come on, if you be sensitive in the spirit right now, if you feel like putting your arm around your neighbor or or just loving on somebody for a moment, that's all right because that's how God encourages us in the Holy Ghost.